Hello there, welcome to this week's episode of the Peter Greenwood Show podcast. I am the host of this train wreck, Peter Greenwood, and this is the combination of the best bits of the week's shows. So it's a combination of the US show and the UK show, mainly so you don't have to listen to the same thing about 17 times. It's all here for you. Coming up soon, I am going to be speaking to the cast of the Circus of Horrors, but first... Rosie Fuller, she works for the Banff Film Festival. She was on the show and she talked to us about what the Banff Film Festival is. Yes, of course. So I'm Rosie Fuller and I work for the Banff Mountain Film Festival UK and Ireland tour. How are you today, Rosie? Are you well? Uh, Yes, I'm great, thanks. How are you? I am very well, thank you. Let's talk a little bit about the Banff Film Festival, which is why you're here. Did I say that right, Banff? Yes, that's right, yes. Perfect. Tell us about the origins of the festival and and how you got involved with it. Okay, so there's sort of two aspects, really. The Banff Mountain Film Festival itself takes place in Banff, which is a, a place in the Canadian Rockies, so it's in the Canadian mountains. Uh, and this has been going for over 40 years, 4-0, and it's a huge festival for everybody who loves the mountains and adventure. Uh, so it's where all the adventurous filmmakers, photographers, writers, and people who just love being out in the outdoors they all come together for this big annual festival. And one of the main factors of it is a, a film festival. So if you've made it an outdoorsy or an adventurous or a mountain film, you'll enter it into this festival. Uh, and there's sort of hundreds and hundreds of films, of adventure films, submitted uh, every year to the festival. And then where I come in is that the very best films from that festival in Canada are then taken on tour all around the world, including the UK and Ireland tour, which is coming to Glasgow next week. So... What is the, the kind of qualifications to get from the Canadian festival into the festival that makes it around the world? Uh, well, we're just looking for a really, really fantastic films, the kind of standout films. Uh, so we, we look for really incredible cinematography and films that explore sort of remote, remote corners of the world. But we also look for the stories behind the people who are taking part in these adventures. Uh, and some of them are sort of top athletes, but other, uh, some of them are sort of more day-to-day people who've just decided to challenge themselves and push themselves out of their comfort zone and do something really amazing. So it can be something like people who've decided that this year they want to go and start snowboarding or something and it follows their journey? Oh uh, Yeah, that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, normally, I mean, they've probably done more than go on a ski holiday. You know, they will have really pushed the boundaries, but yeah, it's that sort of thing. Yeah. And I would like to ask, because in the last few years specifically, you've had the advent of 4K action cameras and drones and things of that nature. How has that upped the quality of the films and what you look for at the festival? Yeah, it's had a huge effect. The, um, the technology has really come on, as you say, and so we can do some really amazing filming. And what it means is that people can go and do these expeditions by themselves or just as a pair. And they don't need to take film crews and camera crews. You know, there, there are drones that can follow you around without you having to use your hands and stuff like that. So it really has managed to create some incredible footage from some really remote parts of the world that you can't access with a, with a camera crew. And what kind of audiences do you get that come out to the film festivals? And how do the audiences vary from country to country? Um, I think the main thing about our audiences is that they're so varied. So we have everything from kind of Scout, scout groups to, to retired people and, and everyone in between. Uh, and the, the audiences maybe themselves haven't, uh, you know, haven't steetoured across Canada, which happens in one of our films. Uh, but what we really like to do is inspire everyone to get out there and push their own boundaries, whatever level they're at. 
And I, I think that's that's kind of general throughout all the countries that Banff tours at. I think that's what's most exciting about the festival is that it is easily accessible by everybody like as you said you don't need to be a professional athlete you can just be somebody who decides they want to get into the training of it and then go out and conquer something in the wild yes one of our films this year that's coming to glasgow is called how to run a hundred miles and it's about two guys who enter an ultra marathon and it's a hundred miles long with with a load of ascent and descent as well and when i watched it it didn't make me think i wanted to run a hundred miles but it did make me think well you know i could I could do a really good off-road event and, and go a bit further than I do now. So yeah, you, you, you take some sort of inspiration from it, for sure. And what kind of films did make the grade this year and will audiences be looking at when they come to the festival in Glasgow? Uh, so one of my favourites, well, I mean, there's a, a huge range of films and sports, so we've got everything from cycling to running to skiing, uh, so loads of things. Uh, one of my favourites is called This Mountain Life, and it's about a mother and daughter team who, as I just mentioned, they do a ski traverse all the way from Vancouver to Alaska. So they're out in the wilderness for six months with just a two-person tent between them. Uh, if me and my mum go shopping, it's World War Three, so I don't know how they managed. But um, <laughs> yeah. it kind of explores their relationship as well. Uh, and it's in some incredible scenery. They, um, they carry their food and they have resupplies dropped in by helicopter. So the helicopter doesn't actually land, it just ditches the food somewhere and they have to find it. So it's, so it's really exciting and remote. That's a, that's one of my favourites. And are they by themselves, or is there a camera crew tagging along, and they're doing, and or are they doing all the camera operating themselves and whatnot? Uh, I think it's a bit of both. They're mostly by themselves, and then they need a camera crew at a couple of points along the way to get a bit more additional footage. But it's mostly just the two of them. I can't imagine the idea of spending six months with anybody, let alone a parent. Yes, yes, yeah, mummy. Uh, the uh, the mum is very tough in this. She's sixty, but she's uh, I think she trains avalanche dogs or something like that. So if you're going to have someone in the wilderness, she would be a pretty good person to have along with you. Yeah, as people go in the wilderness, that's that's kind of a, a good way to go. Yes. What are some of your other favourite films at the festival this year? Uh, another one that I just mentioned, the How to Run a Hundred Miles. Um, it's a couple of guys, and they really don't call themselves runners. They sort of pretend to hate, hate running when they start or say they do, and certainly by the time they finish. But they take on this amazing race in Colorado. It's got uh, about 6,000 metres of descent and ascent, so that's the same as climbing the Empire State Building 18 times up all of the steps. Uh, and, they, and they do it all in one go, so they don't sleep. They do 100 miles. The cut-off time is 36 hours. And that's it. <clears throat> Again, they say they really get to know their friendship because they run together. And so those 36 hours are probably almost intense as six months six months with your mum in the wilderness. That is, that's quite a, I'm trying to visualise all those numbers in my head, but some of them are just impossible to try and get across, which I guess is kind of part of a good thing of the festival, is that you're seeing, for want of a better term, humans triumphing over adversity. Yes, definitely, yes. I would like to ask you before you go, have there... How has your view of the outside changed since you started working at the festival? And have you considered taking any of these challenges or activities? Um, well, oh, I have dreams that I'd like to do. I haven't. Uh, I think it's a bit ironic that if you work in adventure, you end up doing more working than adventuring. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it has. Um, you know, I have some things that I think that I would like to do, but it also makes me realise the benefits of just getting out you know, as often as you can into the hills or into just the countryside or for a road ride, you know, really um, drives home how important, especially in this kind of day and age of social media and 
people staring at their phones all day long. The, um, you know, the benefits of being outdoors in the fresh air and, and pushing yourself a bit, no matter how far you're challenging yourself. It is so easy to just sit and stare at the smartphone all day and just sit and play the games and whatnot and not actually get out and do anything. Yes, I think you really feel the benefits when you do and hopefully we're going to be inspiring people to do that with our festival. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with us about the festival today? Um, just that we'd love to see you there. So it's on Monday the 21st at the King's Theatre in Glasgow and it's it's our 10th anniversary of touring the UK as well from so it should be a very special atmosphere and a great evening. That is going to be quite exciting. Final question. Next time you go over to the Canadian Festival, please can I come? I will try and get you a ticket, yes. Thank you so much. Rosie, no Fu- Rosie Fuller, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you, thanks for having me on. <laughs> I've been fortunate enough to see my next guests about three times now, three, four times now. And every single time I've seen them, they've been amazing. This is the cast of the Circus of Horrors. And first, I spoke to Doc Hayes. He is the creator and the star and also the music writer. And I asked him about the history of the Circus of Horrors. This is the Peter Greenwood Show. And as you may be able to hear, we are not in the studio right now because I am backstage at The King with a gentleman who, in a few hours' time, will be scaring the life out of... About a thousand or so people. Could you tell us your name and what you do, please? Yeah, my name is Dr. Hayes. I'm the undead ringmaster from the infamous Circus of Horrors. And here we are in the fantastic King's Theatre in Glasgow. It's beautiful here, isn't it? I, Lovely, yeah. I do love the King's Theatre. How are you, sir? Are you well? Yeah, very well, thank you. Let's talk a little bit about the Circus of Horrors. For people who may not know what it is, how would you describe it? Uh, well, it's an alternative rock and roll circus. It's been running now... For 24 years, amazingly. We thought it might last 24 weeks. And 24 years later, we're still here. Um, And it's basically an alternative rock and roll circus that encompasses daredevil, bizarre and unusual circus acts with rock music. And it's all performed with a forked tongue firmly in each cheek. I have had the pleasure of seeing the show before. And it's very physical. There's a lot of physicality about it. A lot of people moving around doing exertion exerting things how has the show changed over the years because every year or so you rewrite the show you come up with new things tell us about that process well we always try and find new new blood if you like and every year we're looking for new things and this year is a good point in case because we brought in this guy that you're going to meet in a minute called victor victorious who is uh, an amazing acrobat but he's got no legs so he's born without any legs um but he uses his disadvantage to an advantage. If there was a, if there was an, an, an Olympic gold medal for Paralympics for circus, he would undoubtedly win it. He's absolutely amazing, amazing upper body strength and everything. So you know, he's a guy we use in the show. We can obviously use him in a gory illusion, as you can imagine. And then his torso will come to life and do these amazing, absolutely amazing acrobatics. So there's that. There's people like Sword Swallows, Hannibal Helmertos here with us today. He swallows a whole array of things from a curved cutlass with a 90 degrees curve on it believe it or not down to um, a litany on tubes all glowing inside him and if you think there's only 80 sword swallowers in the world so to actually sit just a few feet away from somebody doing it right in in, in your face is quite amazing and, and there's that and then there's acts of real beauty the sort of stuff you'd see normally in Cirque du Soleil but we do with a sort of horror twist and it's all held together perfectly by the music, which you yourself are a singer in the show. Yep. What 
connection does the music have to the show and how hard do you find it to rewrite the music every so often? I'm, I'm sort of quite gifted with writing music. I just I can write songs quite easily. If I had to write a song now, I could go and write one. I'm not saying I never ever get writer's block, but very rarely. Most of the time, if I turn my head to it and say, right, I need to write a new song, I'm often thinking about it all the time and I hear different music that inspires me and stuff. And so I, I'm finding, I'm quite lucky, I find it quite easy to write songs. And what I do nowadays, I write them with um, a particular act or a particular theme um, in mind. Like last year's show was called Voodoo. So I wrote a song called Voodoo, particularly for that show. This year's show is The Asylum. And so we did a show called The Asylum a few years back. And it's our most successful show ever. So I brought some songs back from that show, rewritten some of them, and added some of the old ones, some of the classic ones, to the show. So it's, um, it's, the music is what holds it all together, really. Um, you know, people like Ellen DeGenerate doing a hula hoops and all that. They're the, they're the cherry on the cake, but that, whole cake is held together by this amazing rock music that accompanies the whole thing and and it makes it a real roller coaster ride because there's no stopping once it starts you've got 50 minutes of sheer hell rock and roll to all these great circus like then you get time for a break in the in the interval and then away we go again in the second half and and it just flies along I would like to ask kind of going a little bit behind the scenes what are some of the antics that occur on the road can you share anything with us well, loads of things happen. I mean, we, they've got, you've got 28 different people, so you've got 28 different characters and unusual people, and um, so, so everything happens. You get all sorts of, you get crazy accidents and things like that. We had the one in Edinburgh that was very well, well it's front page of the sun where our dwarf got a certain part of his anatomy caught in a hoover and he had to get <laughs> yeah. taken to hospital and that got front page of the sun and was spoke about by Tory politicians in the House of Commons <laughs> and stuff like that so you get all of this and we live you know you, we, we basically dine out on that for years to come I must admit, because I've seen the show in the past, but whenever anyone says to me, what is Circus of Horrors? That is the story I tell. There's, yeah. there's a fella, and there's a Henry Hoover, and yeah. they become friends. Yeah, that's quite right. How do you find Scottish audiences react to the Circus of Horrors? Scottish audiences generally love it. It's, um, it's quite a, We've got quite a stronghold up here. We've been to Glasgow a few times. We went to the Edinburgh Festival many times, so we, we've got quite a big following. And they're always a really enthusiastic audience in Scotland, so very much looking forward to it tonight. And what are your favourite parts of the show? Can you give us a few spoilers? Oh, it's hard to say that. Um, I don't know. I've got a favourite. I like it all. It'd be wrong, really, for me to pick out a particular favourite. So, no, I like the whole lot, really. There's nothing in there that um, that I'm not happy with. I think it's, you know, some of the acrobatics in the second half where it's really full on one thing after another after another. I really like that, really, the intensity of it and the excitement of it. So that's probably my favourite bit. And... How would you sum up the show? I'd sum up considered. it as uh, I'd sum it up as um, something that you've got to see. It's you know you see it now or miss it forever. Really, it's uh, you know we only get around to these places once a year at the most, so you you don't get chance to see it. there's nothing else like it in the world so if you want to see something really really different really unusual really exciting but taking a negative word which is horror and turn it into a positive word which is pure adrenaline and excitement that's basically what we do what i like about the circus of horrors as well is also kind of is a f callback to the days of the of the circus like pt barnum and things of that nature i think in many ways you're quite right and i think the film last year the greatest showman emphasized that because when that film was coming out people 
you know, we all knew about Barnum and everything, but a lot of other people didn't. And when they when he started, of course, it was a freak show. That's what he was doing. It was sideshow attractions, and he was the one who brought Tom Thumb to London, the little guy, and and the the um, the, the mermaid and things like that. You know, that was all Barnum doing all that. So consequently, uh, this is you can hear a, a little announcement going out. That's because we're getting ready at backstage here. So that's that's what it is, folks. If you're listening back home, but anyway. Um, yeah, so so he was well, when the film came out, people were sort of quite surprised by the freaky element a lot of the acts that he had, and, and then it made him realise that that's where that's where it all began. And what do you think P.T. Barnum would say if he saw the show? I think he'd be very proud. I think he'd be very proud that his legacy that he helped to create. He certainly wasn't the creator, but he helped to create and certainly helped to bring it to the forefront. Absolutely no doubt about that. I think he'd be really proud that that is still. He's still wowing TV audiences and still 100 theatres per year and we still go to big festivals all over the world and everything. And I think he'd be really proud that we managed to continue his legacy. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, sir. No problem, no problem. Hannibal is the guy you would have seen on all the posters. He's the guy with the mohawk. He's the guy who's also the sword swallower. And I wanted to ask him exactly how he did it and what it's like swall- swallowing a sword. Could you tell me your name and what you do here at the Circus of Horror, um, please? My name is Hannibal and I'm the Sword Swallower. Let's talk a little bit, a bit about what I'm looking at here. Tell yes. us about the mask. Well, the mask is actually my face. I really look like that. So, um, yeah, there's a big big red Mohican going on, um, some big stretches in my ears going on, um, some goggles and a lot of tattoos. You look fantastic, though. Thank you. Let's talk about how the your origins with the Circus of Horrors. How did you get involved, and how long have you been with the circus? Um, now I've been in the show for 14 years, and um, I met Dr. Hayes when the Circus of Horrors was very young, in its um, first couple of years. Um, they performed in Munich, where I originate from, and I've seen the show, fell in love with it, and at some stage I wanted to be part of it. And, uh, yeah, a few years later, here I was. And here we are. And your act, as you said, is the sword swallowing. Yes. How does one get into that? Well, I've seen it being done, uh, found it very interesting, and thought I wouldn't mind having a crack myself. And, uh, yeah, that's what happened. And what's the process like of learning how to do that? Well, you have to overcome your gag reflex, and you have a lot of muscles down your throat, um, which you have to learn to open it well, because normally they immediately close after you swallow something to keep stomach acid from coming up. So you have to learn to open them whenever you need to, and uh, yet that takes a little while. And what is the longest thing you can swallow, and what, what does it feel like when it starts going down? I, ca- I can't imagine because I have a well, really the, weak gag reflex. In the first few times, it feels very unpleasant, then you get used to it. It's never a very nice feeling, but it's something you accept. And uh, the longest thing I swallow is about a meter and 10 centimeters. And I would like to point out, it is absolutely real. There is no tricky. That no, trickery. No, there is nothing. Real, yeah. As Dr. Hayes said, you swallow the fluorescent tube. You can yes. see it mm-hmm. down your belly. What, the audience, what does the audience think of that? What's the reaction to that? Well, some turn their heads away because obviously um, a lot of people imagine how it would feel like and that makes them gag a little bit. And some find it interesting, intriguing, entertaining. You know, everyone has got a different uh, way of seeing it. And, but that's exactly what we want. And what is your favorite thing about performing with the Circus of Horrors? It's just great fun, you know. It's, it's a funny little family of freaks, and I, I love to be part of that.
I also imagine it is very freeing. Like you found your niche here. Yes, with absolutely. These people, There's nothing like that anywhere in the world. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's where I belong. And I feel like that's what life is. Just finding your niche, finding absolutely. your people and spending time with them. Absolutely. And how would you describe the show to people who haven't seen it in a way that wouldn't scare them? Um, well, it, it's not scary. It's got the horror elements. You know, it's like if people go on a roller coaster, they want to be scared. They scream when they go down. They scream when they're being shaken all about in that little bag and going like, uh, I don't know, at how many miles an hour. But that's the fun of it. We like to be scared and we like to know that nothing bad will ever happen to you, really. Um, you know, it's a great fun show that will have you at the edge of your seat. And um, the good thing about circus is there's so much variety. So. If you don't like one thing, you're sure to like another. Ellen DeGeneres is one half of the lovely Sinister Sisters, and she also has her own act where she does hula hoops in a way you've never seen hula hoops done before. Trust me on that. So I wanted to speak to her about how she got involved in the Circus of Horrors. So could I ask you your name and what you do in the Circus of Horrors? I am Ellen DeGeneres and I do the trapeze act um, with a, another girl on the show and I do the hula hoops. First of all, fantastic name, Thank you Ellen very much. DeGeneres. You, um, when you join the Circus of Horrors, you have a normal name for about a week and eventually Dr. Hayes names everybody. <laughs> Absolutely everybody. And that, that, that became my name. <laughs> so your name came from Dr. Hayes? Well, yeah, my name, my name is Ellen. But like I say, it was just Ellen and it was Ellen and then all right. of a sudden it became Ellen DeGeneres and that's, that's what it'll be from now on. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do in the Circus of Horrors? So um, I play a part of a sinister sister for the first half of the show. Um, we're, we're these creepy sisters, you know, we love being creepy. And we do like a synchronised trapeze act. We hang by our toes, um, Steph hangs by our teeth, you know, it's all sort of very high, very dangerous. And the second half of the show I play this more sort of punky character. I play Ellen DeGeneres and um, I do the hula hoops. And again, the same with Hannibal, the sword swallow. It's all real. There's nothing being faked. How oh, no, 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 nothing's fake. How do you, how do you learn you can do that? And I mean, for, for me, really, I'm, I'm from a circus background, so doing the trapeze and the hula hoops and stuff is something you sort of play on. It's like a play equipment as a kid. But I mean, for, for people like Hannibal and stuff, it's practice. It really is like you don't just go, oh, hey, I can swallow a sword. You know, it is a good, it's a long time. You've got to start from the little steps to get to where he is now. And I would like to ask, when you're up on the trapeze mm -hmm. and you're going mm -hmm. across across the stage, mm -hmm. how is that not terrifying? Because I mean, I'm terrified looking down into, <laughs> into the, the audience pit. I don't do heights. What me and Steph does, we don't swing. We're very static because there's right. two of us on one bar. But I mean, we are spinning at the same time. And obviously, we're both hanging off one bar. So we have to be in sync. If I was to come out of my toe hang before she does, there's a chance she could fall. You know, we have to make sure everything's in perfect timing because it, we could easily harm the other one by not concentrating to be honest so let me ask you about your history with the circus of horrors how yeah. did you join how did you get involved and how long have you been here for so i've been here for two this is my second season with Hayes, but um my mum was one of the circus of horrors vampires 24 years ago really so when i was a little girl i was on this show with my family and it was something i always really wanted to do and finally now 24 years later, 24 years later i've got my chance <laughs> that must be really What's the woman searching for? Like, it's a generational thing? You've yeah, grown I mean, up my, my mum and my dad were in the original cast with Hayes, like I say, years and years ago. My auntie, the same. Um, you know, they used to do it when it was in the tent and they used to do the theatre tour. So, yeah, my aunties, my uncles, my mum, my dad. It was a very big thing. You know, my family were, first worked with Hayes many years ago. So it was always something I wanted to do. And yeah, I got, I got there. I'm happy. <laughs> and what is your favourite moment of the whole performance? You know what I really love? Um, I've worked for other shows, I've done other gigs. Um, I really love when you're at the end, 
I love all the show. I love doing every single part of it. But I love the reaction. The people we have here, yeah, they come to this show once. You also have people that see it 11 times in one season. You have people that have watched it from 15, 20 years ago. And when you're stood there at the end doing the commands, they go wild. Sometimes it's so crazy, the floor is vibrating. And it's, yeah, you, you get to the end of the show. Even if you've had a good show or a bad show, or you're tired because you've done a long drive, it, it's, yeah, the whole show's worth it. But when you get to the end and everyone's going crazy, it's, it's a great feeling. And what are the audiences like up here in Scotland? They're great, actually. The Scottish audience are really, really good. And we do, because, um, you know, years and years ago, originally after Glassman stuff, we did like Edinburgh and that a lot. So we've been coming to Scotland for a very long time. So we've definitely got a massive fan base this way. Uh, how would you describe the show to people who haven't seen it? Um, no, it's, it, is, it is fantastic. Um, it's horror. It's rock. It's, it's every little bit of unordinary like it's hard to explain because some people go oh my god it's really scary in this and some people go oh well it's not that scary but it's really gory and um, I yeah it's it's just so cool it really is like this this is what cool is do you know what I mean it is very yeah. cool I've seen it a couple of times and yeah. it's just going to see a show where you feel comfortable everybody's included that's, yeah that's that's the nicest thing here I mean you know, yeah, I've got tattoos and like you see Helmet, he's covered head to toe. But just because we're all in the circus of horrors, we're not all, I mean, these guys aren't freaks anyway. But it's about us all being very different people. But this is something that brings us all together. We all love doing this show and we're all different kinds of people. We're not all just metalheads or rockers or tat or whatever. You know, it's, it's just, a, I don't know, there's something about the show that bonds very special people, definitely. And what are you looking forward to about performing for tonight? Again, I've, um, we've just come back from Holland, which was fantastic. We were in a massive tent. There was 900 seats. It was lovely. But um, yeah, I, I love a theatre. I love going like this theatre is beautiful and we get to go to so many beautiful cities, beautiful theatres. Um, so yeah, and I know, it's, I know tonight's going to be busy. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that finale. <laughs> Ellen DeGenera, thank you for your time no today. No problem. Thank you very much. Coming up next, it's Ellen again, but she's going to be speaking to us about Victor the Strongman, who is also a disabled member of the Circus of Horrors. He's one of the newest recruits, and they talk to us about what their brand new act is and how they're fitting in into the Circus of Horrors. We're back here with Ellen DeGenerate, <laughs> but we have two new people joining us. Could you tell us your names and what you do in the Circus of Horrors, please? Uh, my name is Victor. And this is Paulina. And Victor is our legless man, and this is his partner, Paulina, and they do a fantastic adagio act. I mean, obviously, I know what it is, but for those who don't, what is an adagio act? An adagio act, act um, I mean, you do stuff where, like, they, they balance on your hands. You might do a handstand on someone else's hands. I mean, obviously, with Victor, he, he doesn't have any legs. His strength is amazing. It's impeccable, you know. Um, Polina does some really fantastic moves, and he, <clears throat> he carries it, and it's all upper body strength. Um, it's something you have to come to see and believe. A lot of people go, oh, was it real? Has he got something on his leg? No, it's, it, it's, it's fantastic. It's amazing. It's all real, which is kind of becoming real. the motto of Circus yes, of Horrors yes, in yes, this indeed interview. It is. Yeah. How did you two get involved in the Circus of Horrors? Um, so Hayes over here has obviously worked for many shows. Um, he, he runs many shows as well. And I think, um, I think they're just some guys he found. I mean, they're both from Russia. Um, Hayes also sometimes runs a Moscow State Circus. So I don't know really? if it was something through that. Um, but he's also a very big agent. You know, he's booked very fa many fantastic acts all over the world. And these guys are some of them, one of them. <laughs> and how are you enjoying being in the Circus of Horrors? Victor, he loves it. <laughs> you like it, Felina? Yeah, no, they do. They love it. You know, they've, they've gelled really, really well with us. You know, like I say, this, this show makes people bond like a very special group of people. We're not all the same. We're all very different, but we come together as a great team and these guys have fitted the team fantastically. And what do you feel you bring to the show? What do they bring to the show? You know, they... 
It's, a, it's not the freak act, it's not the bizarre, but they, they really bring a wow, a real big wow factor. You know, you can see a lot of adagio acts. If I really practice, I could do a handstand on, someone, on someone's hand, you know. But it's, it's, it's the chemistry they have on stage. It's the bond they have. It's the way they do their act. Um, yeah, it, like I say, you, you need to come and see it. You need to come and see it to, to understand it. And what's your favourite part about performing in the Circus of Horrors? What's your favourite part about the show? What's your, what's your like the most here? Everything. You like everything? Victor loves everything. <laughs> he likes the, we like the intervals where we can go and have a smoke. <laughs> no, um, like I said, I think, I think we're very lucky, you know, we get to do our acts in a very, very different way here. I think for these guys, you know, they've come from a great show in Moscow and it's been very traditional circus and they've come here and it's like, put a pair of bra and knickers on and you don't wear a lot and put some crazy makeup on. And I think it's just a new experience for everyone. It's definitely a new experience for these guys. And that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between, is it for this week's episode of the podcast. I want to thank you for your time and your patience. I'll be back next week. Until then, I'm Peter Greenwood. Bye, everybody. Bye.